0: PKN 380. What's up, boys?
1: Good evening. Not too much. Having a, a good day. Kyle having a great day. Yeah, How's I want the pre-show
0: oh. talk about Kyle's great day.
2: I want a little mini mini vacation uh last couple days, and then today I won like 1,100 this morning, I think, playing poker. Had a good poker morning.
0: That That's is awesome. a good poker morning.
2: Yeah, I got on um, and played at like 5 a.m. or something, like 5 or 6 a.m., <sighs> And it was so early that like nobody was playing like the normal stakes that I play, like 25 cent, 50 cent blinds, mm-hmm. um, which to like give you maybe a little bit more perspective, the pots, like the amount of money in the middle at the end of each hand when you're playing 25 cent, 50 cent is usually like, I don't know, 12 or $25, something like that, that you win or lose every hand. If you're like, keep going into it, you know, you eject it. Yeah, it's hard to
0: win a thousand dollars. 12 bucks at a time
2: yeah that's why i moved up that's one of the reasons i moved up in stakes is because i was um i was winning a lot like like mm-hmm. i was i would double up my starting stack triple it up and do that multiple times and then i would look at how much money i had made i'd be like oh ho, 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 let's count it up and it's like you've made 40 dollars and it's like <laughs> on one
1: hand Ooh, like ass money
2: yeah but like on one hand i've like quadrupled my money pretty quickly um which is crazy mm-hmm. um obviously if you could do that with consistently or on purpose um you would just sit there and print money all day but um i was i moved up in the states because there was nobody online and we crushed it at one two had a good time this morning how, uh, how replicable do you think that is for you oh i don't know we'll find out we'll find out later i mean i'm gonna continue
1: to play that's gonna um, be a nice little confidence boost though like you're in the minor leagues of the sport now
2: a little bit it's honestly a little bit like that um one two online is a pretty difficult game and i'm playing blitz as well which is like a faster speed game you see Mm -hmm. a lot more hands
1: um so better people there i would assume right
2: i think i'm playing against very strong people so did dirty um he seemed to think that the people i was playing against there were harder than the people that he would normally play against when he was just playing like his regular games and harder than um like anything we normally play at the casino just because Mm -hmm. the people who are playing that online are probably trying to play it for a living and not so much for shits and giggles
1: see poker is still not very interesting to me but on the hangout when like you were streaming it and you Mm. kind of when you were talking through every decision and you're like you know six five but because of that flop it means I got a pretty good percentage on this. And because of this and because that guy's bet, I can make an assumption on what he has. And based on that, I'm going to bet this. And I'm like, OK, I can see the thought process now. Whereas before it was just kind of a flutter of cards and didn't really get. Yeah,
2: it. there's a there's a there's a couple of different um, like theories on how to quote unquote beat poker or play poker or whatever you want to want to call it. And then there's guys who were like, ah, no one is correct. It's a mixture of all of your ideas. It's like religion.
1: It probably but- is.
2: Uh, I, I, think, I think if you're really playing against people who have also studied, there's probably some sort of mixture thing. I watched a cool little quasi-documentary on YouTube um, yesterday that got me fired up about poker. Not yesterday, but like late last night. Um, it, it's on YouTube, and it's the true story of this guy named Beal. Um, it's his last name. And Beal was, and is probably, one of the richest men in America. Um, Forbes named him like, you know, he's in the top 25 or something. He's a hundred millionaire. Um, no, he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire, um, and he became obsessed with Texas Hold'em poker and the idea of playing against the professionals um, out in Vegas. Um, this is like, I think this is in the the nineties, but I'm not positive. It may be late nineties, early twenties. I think is his it's early twenties. Andy Beal, yeah. Andy Beal. Okay. And um, basically, he got mixed up with the toughest professional poker players in the world, the celebrity poker players like Doyle Brunson and and Jennifer Harmon and Howard Lederer and these guys. And they called themselves the corporation, this group of poker players. Um, and what ended up happening, to sort of cut the story a bit short and also save you a little bit of fun if you anybody wants to watch this YouTube video that's kind of a documentary, the corporation ended up having to pool their money together so that they could play against this man. Because, <laughs> because, because his like one of his little ideas about how to beat the best in the world was the issue is they don't care about money anymore. Like they've got to the point where they don't see that as one thousand dollars and two thousand dollars. They see that as one big blind and two big blinds. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nothing to them. It's it's just a it's it's
1: a it's a yeah. checker piece. It's a chess built piece. in. It's baked into the game for them. They're not yeah, thinking
2: it, about it. it. They're playing chess with 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 dollars, but they just don't care. They, they're pieces to them. That's a, that's a queen, not ten thousand dollars. They don't mm-hmm. care. And so he he was doing pretty well. So they have to pool their money. And he also wants to play heads up. He doesn't want to play a table full of people. It's you versus me. What is heads up? One v one? Yeah, one v one. Um, and so they ended up finally playing for I believe it was one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar blinds. That means every hand oh you you are compelled to put in one hundred thousand dollars and two hundred thousand dollars. And if the man who has put in one hundred thousand dollars hates his cards,
1: he's out a hundred grand.
2: He's just out a hundred grand. Like it, and meanwhile,
1: it, it, to the billionaire, he's raised it to the level that he's Still doesn't give two shits about the money. <laughs> the bil- That's nothing the, to him.
2: <laughs> the billionaire is, quite, is probably quite often saying, no, not 200 th- grand. Let's make it 500 grand to, like, see, <laughs> to, to see the first three cards. After this person, like, yeah, I can make it a hundred thousand more, and they're like, "No, nah, let's make it four hundred thousand more." By the way, you just invested two hundred thousand ex- that you, you didn't have to. Yeah, so. I want
1: to see like Jeff Bezos take the poker world by storm by inventing <laughs> no. the one billion small blind, two billion big <laughs> blind. <laughs> <laughs> no, can even play. With oh, some people
2: compile their money together to play against Jeff Be- Bezos, though, because this guy was it was actually a genius. He's like, he owns an aerospace company and a mm. bank, so it's like. He wasn't one of those guys who was like, maybe I'll put my money on this, and it just took off. And he yeah, he doesn't want to get too mm-hmm.
1: narrow in his focus.
2: Banking
0: yeah. aerospace. That, that, <laughs> I don't want to derail you, Mark Cuban. I sometimes think of that. You know, like it, mm. what what he invest in, like radio or something <laughs> or the internet. Probably I thought it yeah. worked. I might be mixing him up with Silicon Val- Silicon Valley. But please carry on. He's not that and guy. As he's a, as a one point of decision. wealth
1: for this guy, Andy Beal, he's over twice as wealthy as Mark Cuban.
2: Yeah, yeah, a scary amount of money. So Beal got obsessed. He took multiple trips out there to play these guys at varyingly large stakes, 30,000, 60,000, stuff like that they would play. And with mixed results, he would he would win some and he would think, "Aha, I've got it." And then he would come, but 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 he would play too long and he would get sleepy and he would play a little sloppy and his whole system would break down and they'd take him for 10 million in a day. Mm. And 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 he'd go home depressed and he he wrote a computer program on um, <sighs> Whatever, whatever operating system he had back then. I can't remember what they called it. Um, it was something that I wasn't familiar with. But, but he wrote his own computer um, card program because there weren't any. And he studied millions of hands to determine probabilities and statistics and odds. And he read every poker book that was made. And he keeps going back at them. And they keep having to scramble to like m- ma- meet this man's demands. Because he's the one showing up with $10 million mm-hmm. every time of his money. They're pooling together $300,000, $400,000 each to be able to play against him. He's just showing up with his purse, and so like they they have these issues where, where he's like, all right, I will show up and I will play for three days. Each day I will play a minimum of four hours. You will play a minimum. You will play as long as I want to play, up to eight hours. I will face no more than two opponents per day. You can only switch out once. I will not play Howard Letterer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will no longer play against Howard Letterer in our games, and I will no longer play against Todd Brunson because somehow Todd can just read me like a book, and mm. I don't know what Howard Letter is doing, but it's not working out for me. <laughs> and, and, and so they would agree to these ridiculous terms, like, yeah, let's take our two best players out and, and let him play our two medium players all day as long as he wants, and he would, like, take them for $10 million and then they would sit there like, oh, my God, we all just lost half a million dollars here. What are we going to fucking do? And he'd show up two weeks later and lose back 12. I think, I think they calculated it in, like, all time, because that's what you always say. What are you like? What's mm-hmm. your all-time win-loss? He's like down a hundred million. Oh my! He lost like a hundred million to those those poker pros. And, and like
1: it, he was, I looked up the name of the bank. It's called Beal Bank. So he's yeah. <laughs> he's the top guy. That he's worth ten point four billion. I I couldn't do it in my head because I'm a retard. Ten million. He loses ten million in a day. That's point one. Yeah. Of his net worth, he would 0. talk. One.
2: He said that he would be working on a fifty million dollar deal like in a boardroom and his mind is drifting to poker hands, <laughs> and he's just like, he's not able to, to continue because it just, I think what you had is a guy who was just so successful. Everything he, 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 he put his hand to, especially when he tried is this wasn't a guy who just like everything was easy. This is a guy mm-hmm. who's trying his fucking hard out who normally just, just bulldozes his way through everything intellectual, everything competitive, mm. everything business related. And he's running to these fucking gamblers in Las Vegas who are like calculating the odds yeah all right let's do that then and you know it's
0: crazy that's mm -hmm. a fun he's a really smart guy but he's going up against really smart specialists yeah in their specialty so yeah like obviously he didn't take on Usain Bolt that's not an area where he thought he had any chance yeah he's going in a a competition (laughs) of the minds
2: oh so here's Mm -hmm. the funny part that I I kind of forget forgot to mention it's it's a little um side note It's difficult to get a game created that is of those high blinds. And here's why. First of all, you don't want to play in a private game at someone's house for that much money. They could be cheating or colluding. There could be Mm -hmm. buzzers and mirrors and switches and the dealer could be on the take. You want to be in the casino's controlled environment. But the casino doesn't have heads up poker tables. Poker doesn't really make any money for them. They almost at that point didn't have poker tables because slots and everything else made so much money. And poker just didn't. So the, this Beal guy is, is telling the uh, the casino like, "Hey, make me a heads up table." And they're mm-hmm. like, "We have long tables. Anyone who would like to sit for that blind will sit for that blind." He's like, "I'm bringing 10 million. Well, we'll make a table that is of the blinds that you would like to play. But anyone can sit down at it that would like. Like like, like we can't mm-hmm. tell people they can't sit down at a table. That's, that's we can't.
1: Make it 20 like, million. They <laughs> can do it. And
2: there so it. when they first started, he was like, "All right, well we'll just make the blinds so high that only no one would sit down." And it's not like we're advertising. Someone would have to walk into the casino today and say, I want to play for $50,000, $100,000 blinds. And he did. (laughs) Wait, someone did? Someone did. Another well-known professional poker player who had no idea that the corporation had been pooling their $10 million together to play against this guy. He's like, that looks like fun. And he sits down and takes him for $4 million himself personally and walks away. And the corporation is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're pulling our money here. We're, we're we, we got a whole, split it. We got a thing going on. You jump in with us. Like, like you're one of us now. One of us, one of us. You, <laughs> we work as a team Where here.
0: Where's
2: that right? come from? <laughs> uh, one of us. That's Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. That's
0: Thank pretty you. awesome. Right. I remember now.
1: I mean like uh, it, it's funny thinking like this guy is like 10 million for my own table. Like with the amount of money this guy has, I'm surprised he's not like, you know what? I bought a huge plot of land in Vegas and I'm building the Beale Casino oh, where, wow, where we wow. do exactly what I want all the time. Well, you can't afford a casino. Oh, I can't. I run a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed.
2: I was more impressed by the aerospace company because the bank thing kind of seems like there's a model for that. And what you really need is like a team. An, an enormous oh, amount oh, of capital. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's part one. And and then like connections and stuff to like get plugged in. But it seems like with aerospace, it's like, Oh, did you make a shitty plane? Cool. We're going to go stick with Lockheed though. Cause you know, yeah. they make good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no we're it. not buying your plane, sir. But somehow <laughs> he made a successful aerospace film.
1: They should make like, this is a really cool story. Like I know you said there was a doc, like a YouTube doc made about it. They should, yeah. it's not, I, poker's not a sport, but they could still do like a 30 for 30 on it. Like ESPN. Uh, that'd be really cool.
2: Yeah, I mean ESPN does play the World Series of Poker. Yeah, it's weird calling it a sport because I've always had this thought process that, like, I know what sports are. It's almost like mm-hmm. porn. Like, like when you yeah. see it, you know it.
1: It's um, definitely it's a game, a very impressive game to be good at, but it's not a sport.
2: When I see people playing table tennis, I'm like, that's a sport. Like, especially at, like the mm-hmm. Olympic level or whatever, where they're getting wild. Those Chinese um, guys. Yeah, I,
0: I saw if one. If it's athletic and two people are competing against each other. Then it's a sport, right? Like mm-hmm. table tennis, wrestling, any of the timed sports, uh, yeah. you know, track, swimming, etc. That's a sport. Where it gets to be trickier is like when it's judged. It, it gets paramotoring even a sport. Like it, it would depend it's how, how it's competing because that would like if racing is a sport, you
1: know, like if you track know, and I, field is a sport, then racing anything is a sport, right?
2: I think competition is required for for sport. So
0: jogging's not a sport.
2: Like yeah, like, like for for my personal definition of sport, because like like maybe sport just means to frolic. Um <laughs> but, <laughs> but no. my but my personal definition is some sort of competition between individuals or teams. And so like something like po but it needs to be a physical competition.
0: athletic competition. Athletic yeah,
2: competition yeah. is mm-hmm. the better is the better indicator because the well it's physical to move the chess pieces. I mm-hmm. could tell you where to move them. <laughs> and it would still be playing. Someone's um, going to
0: come at me and tell me they burned like just thinking that hard burns 1200 calories in a single chess match. These guys dehydrate a pound of fluid. <laughs> a pound, huh? That
1: would be so funny. Like, in like they're like in their corner. You know, that's only wine on face for chess. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch those pawns rock. What's, <laughs> a, what's a? That's
2: a pint, right? A uh, a uh, 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 a pint of of sweat. So a I pound. think
0: a gallon is eight pounds. So is a pint an eighth? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Fair. Speaking um, yeah, of uh, yeah, I thought okay. it was a cool story. I, I was going to say I thought it was a cool story. I'll I'll, I'll what is it called? What's the actual name of it? Yeah, I, let me go through my YouTube history. I, I'll but, watch well, that.
1: That sounds really interesting. I
2: was, I was
0: curious about the program he wrote, and I couldn't find any details.
2: It was very rudimentary. Obviously, the stuff they have now, like I've got a solver a thing on my on my phone that like does what he what he figured out masterfully. But at the time, what it was is no one had. Well, they knew that two aces was real good, but did they know exactly how good it?
0: Was? Right? Can you mm-hmm. quantify how good it is? He and,
2: quantified and, these things.
0: It, um. I still struggle with the fact that a hand can be good if you're like near the button, but if you're on the other side of the button, that same hand is less impressive. And I'm not there yet. Ah,
2: uh, yeah. Yet. Yeah. I it it would take a minute to to explain, but it's not complicated. It, it it's it's more about I'm trying to think of like a metaphor or an analogy or something, like like something that's similar. It's it's just that <clears throat>
1: probably hard to draw a comparison
0: since it yeah, seems like a pretty I, unique I, scenario
2: it, it's just that um they're it's more likely
0: information if you're near the button or far from it or something right
2: it it, it 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 is but 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 what it really is is they're more likely to have stronger hands um the, the closer they are um, be, be, um, to the uh, the opening um, like the first person to act is the most likely person to, uh, to have a strong hand if he has acted because there are a lot of people to act after him. He's making this action knowing that, not caring rather, mm-hmm. what they have. Like they, There's three more people, four more people to act after me. I have mm-hmm. no idea what they're going to do, and yet we're not playing for enough money yet. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so this guy must be pretty strong. But if you're the last person to act, if you've seen that everybody else folded or just put in the minimum, it seems like they're feeling rather uh, reluctant about their hands or, or, or wishy-washy this is you can raise and 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 put more money in with a weaker holding of a hand confidently or more confidently um like in that situation and and it, it's it, that's the like the simple explanation but um it it gets broken down more um because of things like the button and the blinds
1: this almost like for the sake of this segue we'll say poker's a sport but i watched that documentary um untold uh crime and penalties that woody recommended and if it woody you undersold it this is the (laughs) best sports documentary i've ever watched i was gonna as i was watching it initially i was like this is interesting like you don't even need the sport to be hockey and then like you're like well because of the fighting you do need it to be hockey for it (laughs) to work but so kyle basically there is a a family in connecticut in the early 2000s run by a guy named jimmy galanti and, like, as they're doing this, there's an FBI, like, it's a Netflix interview and a documentary, and there's an FBI guy who's like, yeah, we were trying to connect uh, to, through Joe Gatto, one of his capos, Joey the horse, you know, <laughs> Guglini or something. Not and, the horse! Uh, and under the horse, Guglini was this guy, Jimmy Galante, and he was like, and a lot of people speculate this is where The Sopranos was based on, because this guy, oh. Jimmy Galante, had a son named AJ, and he was in the... Uh, uh, the waste management industry, and and like it, it, they set the stage early where this kid AJ, AJ the seventeen year old who got a hockey team bought for him by his dad, he was like, I knew our family was a little different when you know in in like uh, you know second grade they they sat us around and they said you know, tell us like a, a lesson you learned from the family. <laughs> and, and it was like, Tommy, a, value. You know, <laughs> it's like a value. And, and Tommy said, you don't want to beat somebody up. You don't want to be mean. Someone else said, don't bully people for being different from you. And I said, you never rat. <laughs> <laughs> you, you always remain loyal to those close to you. And it made sense to me because that's what I was taught. You never rat. You always remain close to those uh, loyal, to those close to you. And so this guy, his dad, AJ's dad, Jimmy buys a team in the uhl which is like in the same tier as like the ahl which is the minor league of the nhl so can, can it, it's a major minor league
2: costs? Like, is this like a two million dollar team
1: definitely more than that but i don't oh, know how dear. much yeah definitely more than
2: okay that. a shocking amount of money this is not this is not like for funsies he has spent millions of dollars and and there's like a team of people that he has to coordinate with at this point
1: correct correct and so they go through this whole story and he buys it for his son and he, do, he wants it to be a surprise for his son. And so, so his AJ, son played yeah.
0: hockey and he was an enforcer. His, you see, the son is a little kid. He's the nerdiest. Little yeah. Woody could have beat this guy up easily. <laughs> but, but by the time he hits like his deeper teens, like 16, 17, he's a hockey enforcer. And his dad's like, you know, I watched him play. I didn't know how tough he was. Yeah. And uh, I was so proud of him. <laughs> he was so proud of him. The kid would just beat the fuck out of everyone until one day. AJ delivers a really hard check and gets injured in such a way that his personal hockey career is over. He wasn't uh, going to go pro I mean, or anything, but it really misses the ability to play. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and so for a couple years after that, I guess he's he's depressed about it, but then he buys him a team. And <laughs> the way he finds out that a team, like you said, not a wishy-washy bullshit team, a multi-multi-million dollar minor league franchise. He said he went to school and everyone was like, congratulations, AJ. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, someone gave me the paper. I look at it and it said, someone bought the Danford trashers and, you know, my dad. And he's giving it to me to be the general manager (laughs) and the president, meaning that he gets to pick everything. And he's like, he's he's 17. He's the GM and he's the seventeen. He's, the he's picking GM all the, the players president. for the he's, team. He's he's picking all the players for the team and everything. The first player he <laughs>
0: signs is Gretzky.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, and this kid, this kid was a marketing genius. He's like, I my whole life, I was a huge NHL fan, huge WWE fan, and I knew we're playing minor league, and it's Danford. They've never had a pro team, so the people here will be interested. But how will we get more interest from like the NHL and the higher hockey community? And so, Kyle, you may not know. Wayne Gretzky has a brother named Brent Gretzky who also played professional hockey. He played a couple games in the NHL and yeah, he got he has two points. Yeah. He and his brother combined for the greatest amount of points of brothers in NHL history. <laughs> and he had two points. And so they pushed out there this PR thing and of we're signing Gretzky. And it got a ton of interest. And then they signed Brent Gretzky. And he goes out and he signs some of the biggest bruisers in in the oh, minor league smart. history and if you if you don't follow hockey like if you see an NHL fight it is leagues different than a minor league fight. The minor league guys fight like their jobs are a hundred percent, not their jobs, their livelihood because they're not (laughs) making the money of an NHL enforcer. So they're like fighting so hard. It's very common in the minor leagues for them to reach the critical mass. If you fight more than three times in the game, you're removed from the game. That doesn't ever happen in the NHL and minor leagues. It does. Yeah. So he starts building this team and, and some of the players, I listened to a spitting chicklets interview with one of the players and he was like, yeah, the guy, uh, Jimmy, he called me, he offered, he asked me what uh, the previous minor league team and this other league was offering me. And he goes, I'll double that. I'll over double that. You come here. I'm flying you out to Connecticut, to Danford. We're going to take you out on the town. And he said, the the player was like, it was wild. He he said, (laughs) you know, my agent said he's going to want to pay you in cash. And I was like, well, of course he wants to pay me cash money. He's like no, <laughs> he you, and he's like no. He wants to give you a duffel bag of money. Of cash and so that's apparently the way all of these players are being paid and not only duffel bags of cash this guy also he was like and i had no idea but i started getting checks apparently my wife and i and my cousin we all worked for the waste management company we were all getting checks and we also all worked for this pool cleaning institute we were all getting checks there and so all these players they're, they're totally circumventing the cap by giving them their salary and then giving them duffel bags of cash and, and putting them on the Payroll of waste management companies. <laughs> and and to, to keep it more separated, they usually minor league players, they're not living in houses. They're not living in super nice places. This guy set up an entire secluded, gated community just for the players he had gotten to keep them like isolated.
0: So they lived and, in, he built a community they, they for them. He built a places. subdivision. That was gorgeous. <laughs> Dude, he did.
1: Right, he's right, he's right, like, we right. lakefront. In. I'm <laughs> in. What's this called? What's this called? It's called Untold Crime and, and Penalties. Apparently and, uh,
0: Untold yeah. is uh, I'm going to call it a franchise I might use the word wrong In the same way that like 30 for 30 is Like Untold Something Is a bunch of gotcha. different documentaries yeah. And and
1: Netflix is trying to get into it And just like a couple of funny stories They were telling throughout it So uh, the 17 year old manager Or GM
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, the, the bruiser he got first He was being interviewed and he's like Yeah the first game I went out there And I look up and AJ He's waving his phone at me And so I go over to the bench and I I pick up the phone and, AJ says, as soon as this is before their inaugural game, this is goes, the first game in hockey the team's history. <laughs> in their history, he goes, As soon as the game starts, beat the shit out of that guy in front of you. And so he, <laughs> as soon as it starts, gloves down, beats it, uh, just a holy beating. There's blood all That's over like, the why ice. Why are you mad at me? <laughs> all over the ice, there's blood. And everybody's,
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: freaking out. There was uh, apparently the equipment manager. I didn't Wait, know I'm it,
2: sorry. I'm sorry. I <laughs> want to understand the first one thoroughly. Yeah. He waves the phone to get his attention. There's no one on the phone. Yeah. He's no, in the he was waving
1: the phone to go but pick the other up the on phone the on the bench. So you, you don't oh my God. Yeah. You he's, in yeah, he's in the stands. Yeah. He's in the stands. Of course,
2: he's in the stands. He's not the coach. He's the president <laughs> and the GM. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so this whole time, for some reason, I also had it in my mind that he's like, <laughs> He's the coach, too. Like, why wouldn't he be?
0: <laughs> no, I'm no, honestly, he's standing up high in, like, coach. the boxes. Yeah. And, he, you know, he takes he the, the phone. phone. Pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so the player gets his Eat cell the phone from, like, I don't know, a bag under the bench or sure. something. <laughs> and <it's>, he <laughs> gets it, the message, <laughs> and he got the message, man. The, he the put
2: play. a hit on somebody. Yeah, you
1: he did. did. <laughs> oh, it, It's dude. so fucking funny. I, I didn't know that the equipment managers were responsible for for setting up the opponent's locker room as well with towels, with things like that. I didn't know that the equipment manager interviews. This guy is so obviously a mob enforcer that, <laughs> that just m- moonlights as an equipment manager. And they were interviewing him. He's smoking a cigar. Every time they'd say something about Jimmy, his like superior in the mob, he'd be like, don't you say anything negative about Jimmy to me? You're going to get your teeth. Not like, don't you <laughs> fucking say that you Jim. never talk bad to Jimmy. And so they go, they, they started asking him, they go, so T-Bone, was his name. So, do you know any truth to the fact that you used to go and turn off the hot water Wait, for the opponents? Yeah. The,
0: the, the, like, um, the president of the entire league, this is the guy who makes sure that every team complies, Was hated the equipment. He hated this whole team. He couldn't stand them. He's like, This is the first time we have ever fined and suspended an equipment manager before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so then they lead into this uh, interview that, that taylor's about to go into <laughs> so they interview him first he,
1: First of all this this is the commissioner of the uhl is like not only was it the first time in uhl history it's the first time in hockey history <laughs> an equipment manager has been suspended for misconduct and so <laughs> and so they're like laying out a litany of things it's like so t-bone was it a common occurrence for you to leave like six sheets of like paper thin towels like like hand for towels to team. the entire team and he's like no comment and they're like do you recall after the games you turning off the hot water to the opponents dressing room and he's like i don't remember anything about this and then the one of the worst things he did they go do you remember stealing the opponents goalie gear <laughs> so that they weren't able to play in the gear that they had brought. And he's like, that sounds like something totally over the line. <laughs> <laughs> and it only That's ever happened, happened here. It's so well, <laughs> it's, it is it is so fucking funny. <laughs> you'll love it. Taylor hasn't it's even hilarious. hit the good parts yet.
0: The good parts for me were about the fighting. There's, oh, the fighting is there's brutal. A, so... Uh, the tough guy, this is actually the one who got in the fight earlier at the very start of the season. Um, I guess uh, they don't describe it exactly, but through some sort of cheap play, his leg is broken and uh, his leg is broken and they, they don't know how bad it is, but they know it's bad. And his, his best friend on the team is also an enforcer. I'm not familiar with teams, with like all these enforcers, on yeah. it, but that's how they <laughs> ran. And uh, anyway, The other enforcer's name is the Nigerian Nightmare. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Ah, I knew the injury was bad. I didn't even know if he'd play again, so... Well, I did what I did, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then they cut to the footage, and he's just fucking up everybody. He is just—he
1: is absolutely ragdolling people, and then—and then something that is looked down on in hockey, knocking out one opponent and then picking the guy closest to you and fighting him also. Oh. And at what one, one of the guys got suspended because uh, they were like. Yeah, he, he was supposed to be a wild, crazy guy for us. And then we brought him for the first game and it kind of petered out. And then he told us, you know, and, and even AJ, he was like, I tried to get a hold of this guy. He must've fallen off the face of the earth. I haven't heard from him in 16 years now. But <laughs> the guy apparently came out the second game after apologizing to Jimmy, the the, the, the owner and being like, I'm going to make you, you proud this one by doing what you brought me here for. He got in a huge fight, bloodied some guy up. And he was like pretending to skate to the box with the ref. And then he doubles back away from the ref <laughs> and skates toward the bench. Grabs the opposing team coach's tie and pulls him. And, and he said, "The only reason he wasn't pulled onto the ice is some of the players on the team held the coach into the into the, the, the bench." And, and and the the commissioner's like, "Wait, I, I, I wait,
0: <laughs> wait,
2: the, the hooligan." Yeah. Beat a man senseless. They're escorting him to the penalty box, or perhaps just off the ice because he yeah. just assaulted a man <laughs> and he skates away at the last moment only to assault the opposing coach.
1: Correct. Yes. And because apparently, something I've never even heard of. Some guy that, like, I don't remember his name, but apparently the game ended. The commissioner immediately banned him for life from the league. And and I was listening to the spit and chicklets interview. They're like, Did you ever hear from that guy again? And AJ's like, no. 16 years, I've reached out, I've tried to see what's <laughs> up with him. After that night, the last time I saw him was assaulting the coach on, <laughs> on the bench, <laughs> a- and
2: then he just left. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny? I bet Jimmy was trying to take care of him, right? Like, like, like I bet mm-hmm. I bet he saw that, heard be surprised. The, heard the guy got suspended. I bet it, it, like like one thing, all right. So, so all of my knowledge is based off watching the Sopranos, but one thing that like I've noticed from them, it seems like they're they get their revenge all the time. Like like that that's money that's owed. It seems like when mm-hmm. they don't like money to be owed, they like balances to be settled. And if, yes. if they don't, as bad as owing someone else is being, or or or, or as bad as being owed is being, owing someone else is almost worst. It seems like they they don't mm-hmm. seem to like that. I have a theory yeah. on
0: that. I think that it also like if I make good with you in that situation, you're less likely to rat you know oh yeah it it should be in like you and your family everyone's financial interest to face the music and by paying you Mm -hmm. that's there if on the other hand your life is fucked you have nothing going on you're gonna be broke you're going to prison you have no income like everything is ruined why wouldn't you rat you have nothing to lose
2: yeah and the Mm -hmm. other thing is um by you accepting that money, you are now becoming an an accessory to some extent, most likely into whatever we're up to. There's yeah. that there's that great scene in Sopranos where Beansy has been cri- cri- fucking crippled by Richie Aprile, and Tony's like, "You gotta take the money, you gotta take the money." Because by taking that money, he's accepting a bribe. He's incorporating himself into the whole crime and and and, and dirtying himself along with everyone else so that he can't rat. And, and 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 there's that scene where like it's implied. Tony's like. Either you take this money, or we're going to have to go down a different mm. road. As much as I love you, and he's like,
1: "Thank you, Tony. I'll, I'll take it. Thank, thank you, thank you, Tony." I, I think you're hey. you're both hitting the nail on the head with that. Like, and, and to add to it, like that guy you mentioned, Woody, um, who the Nigerian pulled, nightmare? Uh, no, the, before him, the guy who hmm. like broke the the trasher's player's leg. Okay. Like the guy who got his leg broke was like approached by jimmy's guys afterward and they were like yeah that guy who hurt you we got his name we got his address we know his his wife's place of work you tell us how you want to handle this (laughs) And, and, and he was like and i didn't really know what to say but i just said no let me handle it on the ice they say i'm never gonna play again i'm gonna play again and i'll handle it myself and i'm
0: sure that was just as much like please don't kill anyone in my name uh, uh, but uh, they uh, were 100 about to yeah. and it, 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 i think taylor him, right? even like skipped a few steps there they're like you know we know this we know this we know where he lives we know his like they they he made a-
2: the back door unlocked
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was really clear what they were offering uh, apparently
1: every time they won a game jimmy would go in there and throw 10 grand on the ground or aj and be like have fun and then they were oh and they also God. interviewed him and they were like like to go out to the bars and everything, which is a huge amount of money for a bunch of minor league players to have after every win. It's a gargantuan and, amount. And of all of these big bruisers, scary guys, horrifying, the biggest bruisers in hockey in the early 2000s, late 90s, they were like, and sometimes we would get beat bad and we'd all be sitting there getting undressed. And then Jimmy would walk in and he wasn't like an imposing guy, but. We were all so scared like, every time. We would just hope if we were just quiet and we didn't look at him, it would go away. But somehow, like just him walking in there silently glaring like, at us was enough to get us motivated for the next game.
2: Like <laughs> like like a dog who had chewed up the fucking cereal box. He's just, oh yeah. yeah,
1: and that guy Jimmy, the the mob connected one, the father of AJ, who was the GM and president, he got in trouble. He was one of the first GMs ever to get suspended because he got in a <laughs> verbal altercation with a referee during a game and he punched the referee in the face. Awesome.
0: The awesome. referee said, Fuck you, if I recall. Yeah. And... Fuck you, fuck me,
1: fuck you. And he starts coming through. <laughs> and like all of his like hold me back guys are like, I'm not holding Jimmy back. I, no. like, like, <laughs> just let him walk through, hit the ref, and it was handled pretty quickly. That's awesome. Uh, it's I'm... it's such a cool documentary. It's okay, so neat. It, what what uh it's on Netflix awesome
2: yeah i'm gonna watch it uh not yeah. maybe I, late I, tonight
0: i tried not to give away like there's still a lot left kyle <laughs> oh, there's a ton it. there's it's yeah. there's so uh, much
2: how, how long Heck, is it episodic it's an hour no, and
1: 27 hour and minutes okay. i just oh, watched I wish it, it
2: earlier that that sounds great i'm gonna check it out i was hoping it was one of those like mini series where you got like four episodes and like each one things escalate like like, like thir- you think it, that's how tiger king like entertains so mm-hmm. well it's like you're three great episodes pacing. in mm-hmm. And you haven't heard the worst of it. I and, won't and,
0: spoil the. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: And and then I think you're five episodes in when the guy gets shot, which shoots himself, like something like that. Even five episodes in, it's like we can still shock the fuck out of you with how mm-hmm. crazy this story is. You realize that, right? Like 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 we're five hours into telling you a story, and you're about to drop drop your jaw.
0: And At that, the end of mm-hmm. the thing taylor and i are talking about i won't spoil it but they, they do a good job of like putting a bow on it and letting you know like uh how things worked out
2: that's awesome that's awesome yeah. I, I i'm looking forward to watching that That sounds really good because I, I like mob shit anyway that that's a uh, that that's always just such a fascinating world um and then compare mixing it with uh what's the old uh hockey movie that everybody loves the uh, paul Slapshot. newman Slapshot. Slapshot is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like comparing it with sl- it's like Slapshot meets the fucking Godfather. Dude, they literally
0: oh. hired a pair of brothers in this show. To- <laughs> they, they do. They, they have a team. team. I it's think they're the goal scorers though. <laughs> they are.
1: They're like the two like really good guys, and their interviews together are hilarious because like one guy <laughs> oh, will be asking, he'll be like, the "Well, the thing about like we were trying to score and everything," and then he gets interrupted. He's like, "You always fucking interrupting me!" Right when they fucking ask me the question. Is Netflix going to get any of my content or just fucking you? <laughs> like, like, you just, it, the, uh, the the Sopranos thing you were saying, Kyle? This guy, Jimmy Galante, you know, the main guy, he has a signed photo of the Sopranos signed by James Gandolfini that says, to the real Tony Soprano. Oh, nice.
2: Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Which
1: that's, is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, That that's one of the coolest pieces of memorabilia you could possibly have. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah very very nice uh, so everyone got, i recommend that
2: i got so fucking high last night and i i came up uh i, I thought i came up with a really funny movie idea and i told you i've been, I, I write any funny ideas or jokes i come mm-hmm. up with on my fridge really quickly because i've got one of those like magnet boards yeah and uh and uh so, so here's let me see yeah we've got time for this nonsense movie pitch all right so here's the movie idea i came up with um and i and i i, so I was chuckling to myself hi
1: terrible <laughs> i love doing that all right
2: <laughs> all right so you got you got a guy who works in a museum he's like uh kind of your nerdy everyman kind of guy kind of like a peter parker type character um haven't really what this is this is spider-man meets um what did i write down i this is this is what i wrote at the top it was this colon and then everything else it was spider-man meets um uh, a knight's tale you ever see a Night's tale, I've seen a tale. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So this is Spider-Man meets a Night's Tale. It's his modern day, but but the kid works at a museum, and uh, um, he he's like down on his luck. Girl doesn't like him. He's got bully problems. This is literally copying Spider-Man, and uh, like 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 he's goofing off at the museum, and he has access to the armor and stuff, and he's putting on like fucking Charlemagne's like armor, like goofing around looking at it. When he sees a crime occurring out the window, some girls like in trouble. Street mm-hmm. hooligans with knives are like accosting her, and he goes outside in the in the fucking Charlemagne armor and like takes them on and somebody snaps a photo and it becomes like a story about like the night of like 8th street or something like that and he starts going out in the fucking armor and fighting crime and the guy the old guy at the museum becomes his alfred he's like he's like looking in the paper and he's like that's the that's the brooch of charlemagne the first i wonder if anyone else in the world would have noticed that (laughs) you'd better hope not i think you need to upgrade sir
1: He's even per- British. I love it. And perhaps yeah.
2: not in the most expensive piece of armor in all of Europe. And like, <laughs> and so then he like he starts kitting him out with some upgraded armor, yeah. right? He starts from around
1: the museum. <laughs> he's
2: not, no, he's, he's, he's he, there's the scene with the hammer and the forge. Now, okay. now we're making some real shit. Now he goes from like the Charlemagne nonsense that's all mismatched. You know that Peter Parker outfit where he's like mm-hmm. ski mm-hmm. mask and stuff. Now he goes into like the regular Spider-Man suit. He's got his Alfred cooking him up cool armor and stuff. And he and, and he starts fighting crime and he and he ends up getting uh like in a whole like standoff it becomes a publicity thing and uh at the end the queen knights him because it makes more sense to be on his side oh, than Don't spoil it. Well well you know like the, at the end he literally becomes a knight <laughs> and there's that scene where he looks at the camera like if he's going to continue or not and you're totally setting it up for the sequel you know Knight's Tale 2. Is he is he handling <laughs> like very minor crimes? Uh Spider-Man crimes like like street hooligans I would I would <clears throat> in in this scenario he would and this is this is the trope um for the first like half of the movie, you know, as he's riding high, he's just beating up unorganized street thugs. But then there's like a street gang that's going to be his nemesis. They're going to be the ones who like hit back. They like find out where he lives and like beat up his family or kidnap a relative or something. Then he's got to step his um, game up.
1: You know, it would be a good thing is if like he could wear the armor and gain the power of the historical figure But it was a constant battle between his mind being conquered by that historical figure's armor versus himself. So like he gets in Genghis Khan's robes or whatever, and now he's the ultimate archer, the ultimate swordsman. Can I just stop you right there? You write your own fucking movie, okay? I'm writing it right now. The ultimate, (laughs) the ultimate rider, the ultimate swordsman. But like he's like out about to kill. He's about to kill someone who committed a robbery, and then he gets like a mind coming in. He's like, "Oh, they will be good in your ancillary." (laughs) They could help you rape. And he's like, no. Oh, they, they could help you rape so many women. Oh. And then he, he kills it. And then he has to run home to his Alfred and get that armor off real quick. And then so it's, it's a but 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 no matter what historical armor he puts on, it's an Asian voice saying it helps, too, but he would help us rape. He he wants to get
2: like advice, so he's so he's putting on like Winston Churchill's hat, but it still it still has that accent.
1: It just makes you drunk when you put it on. Very drunk.
2: I'm an admirer of Winston Churchill. I I I I I really am. I I think it's extraordinary what he did, especially the amount of cigars
1: he pounded through. The the alcohol. Have you seen the
2: list of alcohol?
1: Yeah, he was. I don't know how he was like alive throughout even that year's stretch. If because even he was drinking half, he was drinking in the morning every day for years.
2: If if he if he actually drank half of what they say he drank, and you would imagine that he drank more than they say he drank, you know, like that yeah, you
1: think they'd undersell it.
2: Yeah, or or they would like like maybe not try to say something bad about like Winston Churchill. Maybe they'd be like, "Well, mm-hmm. he drank a bottle a day," <laughs> when really he drank two. You know, like like two is like you're you're, you're dead soon. One is like, man, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. But but he drank like several bottles of like various alcohols. Like, like he had this, like he was such a connoisseur. It was like, yes, four glasses of brandy and a pint of wine. Like like it was always some oh, yeah. weird mixture of shit. He,
1: he was drinking 30 drinks a day, and every single one of them was like tippity top, most expensive there
2: shit. Was, everything was fancy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but I mean, meanwhile, like like I don't know, I find that part of the war. There's so many at, and parts of war. And smoking
1: Stokie's con can you imagine Winston Churchill's breath? Oh
2: I, I I bet he didn't brush his teeth very well in the morning. He had to get right to those war reports. No. Know no, 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 what the Jerry's were up to. I had to figure it out. <laughs> Functional alcoholic though. Fucking krauts are just across the channel over there. He won Man, the war. He did win the war. Um, <laughs> That's well, true. With, with that with a little help from Stalin.
0: I mean it's it really the... overrate Stalin. They they value Stalin's input. Based I'm always on the saying that deaths he had, right? Mm. Like, and oh kills. God, the Russians had so many more deaths. You know what? I like soldiers who don't die, okay? Yeah. yeah. bunch of
1: fucking losers dying you in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's why the Hondurans are the
2: real winners of World War II. Not a single death, okay? They went yeah. in there and they got out clean, okay? And they won. <laughs>
1: And do that. it it is so funny how like making that up that, that history mm-hmm. like changed throughout American public perception. Cause like apparently like just post-World War II, it was like surveys even through American people, like who did the bulk of the work in defeating the Nazis? Everyone was like Well, the U.S. helped, but I mean, obviously the Soviets, and then over time, like, as the Cold War went on, like, by the time it was the 90s, people were like, they had they barely helped at all, it was America
0: who did all the way, and it's like, no, without the Soviets, the Nazis would have trounced. In in the 90s, when I, like, learned about this, sort of, when I was uh, most impressionable about this sort of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, that, like... It was really like they were getting their ha- asses handed to them. The, the The British, the I guess the French, kind of did, but like the all the <laughs> Allies were just hardly doing anything. And then the Americans came in there like Captain America and just fucking like Salron. Do, do I have the guy's name right? Close so, enough. Yeah,
1: it's close <laughs> enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, that th- we went in there like that and just swooped down Nazis with our giant swords. Yeah, seven. 10, 50 kills at a time. Meanwhile, Like
1: you look up like the real historian data, like there's some metric by which you can look at the most successful units in world war II by like victories and number of like opposing units and casualties and things. And like the top 10 list, it's all Nazis. And so like we literally Nazis zombied them to death. Like
0: they were running out of bullets and things. And we're just keep sending more fucking Soviets until we win. I question – sometimes I feel like the Nazis get so much respect for – I don't think so. uh, Okay. Everybody (laughs) loves the Nazis. But like they're like, oh, my God, their rockets were so incredible and their tanks were so incredible. And they had this gigantic super artillery gun and and this, that, and the other. And it's like, yeah – Let's talk about their horses versus our jeeps. Let's talk about the fact that those tanks were like not repairable. You had to take the top off to fix the engine. That, horses like, there was versus a... jeeps. When was that with the Nazis? In World War II, they used horses. They literally used horses to carry their materials around.
2: Whatever they were using, it was the, the whole blitzkrieg thing, though. That was all mechanized warfare, right? With the with the tanks and the trucks and stuff. That
0: was probably. I you said all, which is a lot, but I mean, uh, if there
2: were horses, they were and they were keeping up. It worked. Like, like, like,
1: yeah. They also had, I mean, because they were def- like on their home front, like they had, you know, way fewer. I would imagine supply I, line. Well, I, not I, fewer supply line issues after the bombing the, started.
2: What, but. What's interesting about that whole thing is is the technological gap that mm-hmm. has that has somehow formed, uh, it, like, 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 in the world at that point in time. C- considering that World War One had just happened, like, like fifteen or twenty years prior. And so many sanctions and fines and nonsense mm. had been placed on Germany. They were they were at such a disadvantage already, like like, like economically and of, of course militarily. They couldn't develop anything during yeah. those years. And then somehow, like like, like Hitler starts comes to power, and they rapidly not only catch up uh, in the same surpass way, surpass, but but surpass everyone, it, like like not in, in in this technological race on every front, whether it's aircraft or tank. Or or anti tank weapons, whether it's 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 the 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 soldiers' rifles, their Mm -hmm. pistols, like almost every piece of kit the Nazis had going into World War II. Like no matter what part of the war you pick, it their best was probably the best.
1: Oh yeah, like you hear stories about like like U S soldiers dropping their own weapons and picking up Nazi ones when they got the opportunity because they were better. Like they, it's not that the U S didn't have good guns. The Thompson, interesting.
2: The the Thompson's an excellent gun. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I would rather have a Thompson than an MP forty. Um, the, um, the 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 Grand I mean,
1: Thompsons look cooler too. <laughs> the
2: Grand uh, like the, the Grand is a is a very powerful weapon that's incredibly accurate, and you can deliver a lot of firepower downrange. And I don't know if those MP forty four, you know, those fully automatic assault rifles that we're familiar with because of Call of Duty. I've shot one before. Um, I don't know give, like, if those like, were actually prevalent anywhere.
1: If you had to give like skill points, Civ style to different nationalities, Germany, one hundred percent engineering. They, <laughs> they 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 should get an engineering buff in Civ. The U.S. What should we get?
0: Fucking oh, probably
1: probably an economic buff or something. Depends uh, on
0: the era, right? It'd be manufacturing at one point. It's
1: manufacturing.
0: Um, Still not anymore. That's why I said it depends on the era.
2: Yeah. Uh the answer is point. when we want it to be. It seems. It seems like we've got like. Because I bet, I bet right now there's a lot of uh, infrastructure sitting like unused right now because we don't need to make that much steel and we don't need to make that many it's bolts probably like and ancient rivets. infrastructure I was like you couldn't just take it back stuff. up. I, if I, we I had
0: to quickly make masks and respirators and shit like advanced that. advanced
2: techn- technological stuff, thought, new manufacturing techniques. Steel I, is using the same techniques as we used, you know. I thought forever, we bought
0: right? most of
1: the the COVID PPE stuff. You know what this I'm fucker sure. tried to sell
2: me yesterday? I was in a gas station yesterday. I needed a mask. I, I I wasn't sure if I had mine in the car and I was like, Hey, do you have a mask? Every gas station does. He's like, Yeah. He had like the M ninety fives, though. He's like, they're fifteen
1: dollars each. Oh, fuck you, dude. Fifteen dollars. And like 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 I'll, I'll fucking close pin a piece of paper to my nose before I'm <laughs> I pay fifteen dollars.
2: I was like, I'll, I will take my underwear off and wear them on my face before I pay <laughs> it. because it's a pack of two. It was a thirty dollars yeah. pack. Like, like I don't know if I mentioned it. fifty dollars oh, It's a two pack. It's two pack. Mm. That's trash. You were getting it, hosed. He's he's like, they're fifteen dollars. It's two. It's thirty dollars. we just got them. They're I don't know why they're. Or, he's like apologizing for having to sell me. I'm like, I, I'm not buying.
1: How how quick, rather, do these decompose? Like, are we going to have like a million masks or a billion, billion masks forever everywhere now? Or do they decompose quickly?
2: These things have to decompose. A lot of them are
1: paper. There's
2: no way we we, we overlook this. They're like made of like asbestos and plastic or something.
1: (laughs) There's no way we overlook what... Come on. It's <laughs> so exactly on.
0: conceivable that we're we it is one
1: hundred percent conceivable that these are the ro- most robust materials ever that are <laughs> that you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to intentionally start an oil leak to light that on fire to burn <laughs> the, the, the mask island. <laughs> mask island. Um, <laughs> well they talk about that plastic island in like, I will East say island. I have
0: seen mask trash here and there. Like it's an item that gets littered. It's not quite yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I see it all over the sides
0: yeah,
2: of the room. They need to come up with a way to make cigarette butts. Like like I saw these cigarette butts once that had a, a flower seed in every cigarette butt. So when people flicked oh. them, they were planting flowers. Excellent. And I was like, I'm I'm all for like I don't I don't love federal regulations on anything. They should make every cigarette have a fucking flower seed in it, though. I think we can all fucking get behind that. I mean, put a fucking flower seed in every goddamn butt and tell them tell everybody just to flick them and let's let, kind let, of let, flowers. It'd be a mix.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> one, there <laughs> ain't no more fam. All right. yeah. I
1: mean, think of how pretty our
0: roadways would be if there was a flower every time some asshole flicked their I don't cigarette. People would be okay with flicking their cigarette butts all over the place. I,
2: we're going to make it okay for when now it's going to be like in Dune when the guy spits on the table and and they're like, "Thank you for blessing us with the with, with the moisture yeah. <laughs> of your body." That Excuse now, I, now I when somebody
0: flicks a cigarette in your yard, you're going to be like, "Oh, thanks." In addition to the flower butt. I need a filter that goes away faster. Oh, I forget how long a filter lasts. Is it five years? 15 they take years? forever. Five like years they're... is nothing.
2: Come on. And the, la- the for the
0: last three years, they pile not even recognize and they're so ugly. And they're gross. I'll Google think... it. I was hoping Zach would
1: And I mean, like, what is the, what is the return classy. to nature rate on one that's on a sidewalk?
0: Never. I think they look class.
2: Oh, on the sidewalk? A pigeon's going to pick that up. He's in a circle here. of life. He's going gonna... <laughs> to... I They're made of the...
0: cellulose acetate, plastic fibers. Let's circle back, come out with a more organic one, put a flower seed in there. Yeah, they I are want, plastic. I want in six months to turn that cigarette butt into a as se- a flower.
1: Can you I, I just get rid of well. the filters entirely? Make everybody no, go back to like Lucky Strikes? We are not doing that. No, no one is going to
2: do that. I, uh, I was smoking cigarettes. I like the way then. you're thinking.
0: What if we made filters out of lead? Right, really killed the smokers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our brand new arsenic filters.
2: <laughs> Whenever I go on vacation I, and uh, I, I start smoking cigarettes, and I, so, so I was smoking with the boys because one of them smoked cigarettes. I can't remember who Ari, I think, smokes. Um, and uh, and I, I I lit one backwards because I was fucking stoned in Colorado. <laughs> and um, they are absolutely made of some sort of plastic, which is yeah. You upsetting. tasted
1: that when you inhaled, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's 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 turn off. It's not ideal. In one second.
1: I mean, you can put better things than a flower. What would like help the environment? There's nothing better than a flower. Probably, You're probably right. There's just nothing better regular than a flower. flower. It,
2: I'm not making that up either. Like, like it exists already. Like there's you know, already. How about, this... how about sunflowers? I like, that's, it, a now now we're, we're... that's a big
1: seed. That's a big seed. Is it? I didn't even know. Yeah, that. you've seen sunflower seeds. Come on. What? C- can't that fit in a... Uh, ju- like you don't need that husk. You just need the germ. The, the middle part. I think right. you need the husk.
2: I, I think for uh, long-term viability, for this thing to sit on the shelf for three or four years and still get some carnations in the
1: ground, you might be right. Then
2: I'm gonna I'm, I'm running some tests. That's a, good,
1: <laughs> running some te- that's a good. Running some. That's a good ass idea though. Putting flowers in it already,
2: butts. That is not my idea, but it is a great idea. Um, Would I,
1: smoking kill the flower? Probably or kill the seed? I no, guess not. Those things are like
2: super hardy because you know every now and then they get seeds um, from that they find in pottery. From like uh, from like ancient times and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, like, like like they'll they'll plant them and see like and sort of find this like cultivated breed of potato or carrot or something, and and they can see like what kind of carrot that got that those people were eating back then. That's another one of those things that's really interesting. Have you ever seen yeah. what a, what a watermelon used to look like?
1: Oh, it used to look like absolute dog shit.
2: Yeah, like, like there's there. Are,
1: there was it was all fibrous tissue that like, connected the inside and like you'd have to like core there's, out little bits. There's an paint.
2: entire there's an entire branch of study devoted to the study of artwork for historical biological um, 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 markers. Like, like basically looking at you know everybody pa- they, we we paint fruit now they painted fruit then they painted watermelons back then and we're looking at it like the fuck is that because <laughs> watermelons looked awful it's mm-hmm. all husk and and rind and there are these slivers of red meat that you can see where it's like yeah you could like maybe get like four bites out of mm-hmm. a watermelon or it something it is called
1: meat isn't it
2: oh uh, i i don't know what it's called i, I pulp just... i don't know but but the, the good part yeah the good yeah. part
1: the yeah, good was, part used to be teeny tiny, like you could get it all out with like a like a crab fork,
2: like a melon baller. is, is what you would have needed almost. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looked terrible. Um, and uh, but but like over time, with bananas,
1: some like the, bananas used to look awful. we really disgusting. we did a number on bananas. We bent bananas over and made them our bitch. There's so all of the
2: now. all of the grain uh, plants, you know, the the wheats and barleys and and oats and all that stuff. Like like we've made those seeds, like the actual piece of wheat like gigantic compared to what it mm-hmm. used to be um and, and way more of them per plant the same with corn corn used to be this little fucking
1: <laughs> have you seen like the like the indigenous like indian corn oh
2: yeah that Dude, that, that, that's, yeah, that is
1: bullshit corn the the littlest cobs the teeniest kernels no i want big juicy kernels
2: yeah uh all um, yellow yeah, all of those advances in agriculture, like, like, like uh, I can't remember which one. Of, there was one of them, something about. Oh, it was the the guy who figured out like adding nitrogen to the soil. He's the one that that without him, something it. Mendel, right? Uh, <laughs> I just remember that, like that that advance alone, like feeding such a significant part of the the global population. But I'm sure somebody would have mm-hmm. figured out
0: nitrogen. It's called the flesh. A flesh the flesh. Of the I would to me the flesh is the outside because I'm used to humans, yeah. but. You ever try to punch
1: a watermelon? Break no, it. No, seems 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 like a bad thing to punch. I can't do it. They're hardier than they look. They look pretty hardy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't imagine I could punch through a pumpkin. You
2: ever try to beat like a dead animal? All the no. every opportunity no, I get. Psycho. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, they're not
1: dead when I start. <laughs> I mean,
2: they're always dead when I start. That's how I like it. Um, that way, they can't find full back. of semen, right? well wow. <laughs> that's how i that's that's how they always show up
1: i roll humiliate <laughs> them even in death <laughs> <laughs> i want to show how much we dominate you deer <laughs> even in your passing as your family watches
2: oh god The little deer family how did we get to this this was going to be a fun topic what, what... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know mean, i want to talk about animals i think <laughs> i want to talk about punching stuff but but but, but i'm going to move along
1: well um, what's the biggest fruit you could punch through you'd have to pick a big one otherwise it's just going to bounce i think i'd take a cantaloupe a cantaloupe? No. Yeah. You're gonna punch straight down on a cantaloupe and split it. Yeah. Actually, uh, I'm now imagining that the softer outside of a cantaloupe. That's a much better gambit than a than a watermelon for sure. I've pumpkin a of- or pumpkin or gourd, you got no chance. Those are two different
0: pumpkin. I, I I have a I have my own. I'm gonna go with a pumpkin that's old.
1: Ah, no, no, you can't age it. That's not that
2: old. I just made. Not that <laughs> old, sad brown pumpkin. <laughs> of it looks zero like orange you're pumpkin. You're making up
0: new rules as we go along. <laughs> this is bullshit.
2: <laughs> I want one of those big pumpkins. Uh, I made a video one time where I blew up a, uh, I me- I can't remember how much it weighed. The pu- it was like a four four to six hundred pound pumpkin, um, and uh, <laughs> my friend had bought it at some kind of a fucking auction, and uh, they they are like, "I knew you'd want it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd want it." They said four hundred dollars was too much to pay for a pumpkin nobody would do it. I said, Kai would pay a <laughs> thousand. <laughs> <laughs> they should have charged a <laughs> thousand. <laughs> and I'm like, You're goddamn right. That's the biggest pumpkin I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and we crammed it full of explosives and we vaporized that cocksucker. It was awesome. <laughs> On public land, like just, just pulled off the side of the road, put a six hundred pound pumpkin in the woods, and like that video exists somewhere. I don't know.
1: That's a great size pumpkin. You know what I, I like, like are those photos of farmers who are so proud of like their huge radish. It's just wholesome. I like this. <laughs> Dude
2: just found the world record potato, and it's like 80% bigger than the prior world record, and 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 he had named it, and he was like a real Yahoo. like, like He was funny in the interview, but unintentionally, and uh, I think they were going to eat it.
1: <laughs> Giant potato <laughs> smashes world record. He named it. He <laughs> named the potato. What did he name it? Uh, Doug yep <laughs> <laughs> all right 17.5 uh, pounds
0: it's a solid name pretty solid a, pumpkin It's uh, a big boy that's not a newborn
2: yeah very ugly potato also he he, he discovered it like, like like he didn't grow this potato he discovered it <laughs> like, like that's the best part like he isn't one of those weirdos who grows giant Wait,
0: that oh i didn't process that at first yeah he just so he was just strolling along looking for potatoes and discovered that? I think he was gardening. Like like yeah. he was
2: he he was he was like tilling the soil to plant something else or something and he discovered the world's largest potato. Like 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 he's, again those people who like specialize in the growth of large and gigantic fruits and mm-hmm. vegetables. I guess that's enough that's a great hobby for an older person actually now that I think about yeah. it. It seems like something that you know, you know we can't all do inverted loop-de-loops forever. You know, at some Mm -hmm. point we become giant tater farmers and we're we're happy with it.
0: I've already got my tractor.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs)
1: You're
0: you're ready to (laughs) shatter this record. What (laughs) What if
2: what what if what if what he gets Really into the growth of like the world's biggest sunflower. Like, it would. Like, it would make me. I will gi- talk
0: about it every show. It would make me and, so happy if that was it, your next like, topic. Like, like, he's holding, <laughs> he's holding up eight
2: identical sunflowers to us and telling us about the very differences. <laughs> like, like <laughs> with, with, with all the passion of a pothead telling you about terpenes and fucking Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> OG. Like you give a fuck. And it's like, <laughs> what do they taste
1: like? And Woody's like, Ah, oh, never touch this stuff. Don't. <laughs> <it doesn't... laughs> uh, That'd be funny. Like his
2: whole his whole property is, is littered with sunflowers. That actually, um, that'd be you know, a good look. Um, it would be, I've done that pretty poor. So, so we, um, would plant sunflowers because it's the like legal way to bait a field for doves. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. you, you, uh, like, like at the correct amount of part of the season, you just drive them all over with a bush hog and the act of doing that scatters sunflower seeds all over your field. And like that's bait for the doves, but technically you were doing it in agricultural, um, endeavor so it's not it's not like you went you go buy that many sunflowers dump them out big trouble you plant sunflowers chop them up and let them be out there you're a farmer and uh and so we would often have like big beautiful plots of sunflowers they're easy like they do their own thing you don't have to do anything to them you just
0: plant them and they Mm -hmm. get these six eight nine foot tall beautiful things there's enormous plots of sunflowers not far from me i fly my paramotor there sometimes here's the deal I guess what happens if you have a wastewater treatment plant and you scatter the poopy water across the ground enough, there's too much nitrogen. Okay at a high level. So one way that they get the nitrogen to be consumed is every year they grow a massive sunflower farm. That's cool. And it's a bit it's like a tourist attraction. Like people come and take pictures and stuff like that. Every yeah.
2: year. Um the uh, the baseball fields where I where I grew up are, um, I'm guessing that they built them where they are because A, it was already like county land and B, it's, um, it was, it was cheap because it's right next to the sewage treatment plant. So if you hit a homer, it goes into the shit ponds, it was disgusting. <laughs> and the ball game smelled bad. If the wind blew the wrong way.
0: Ah, uh, that stinks.
2: <laughs> it, it really <laughs> does. All right. That's a wrap. Uh, we're doing our hangout right after this, uh, join the $50 Patreon soon. Yeah. Do it now. Uh, if you haven't already and you'll kick off, not right now, or you've just fucked up, but, but um, you know, uh, join during the next month. Don't do it now or you, you pay for one day and then you get booted out. Join on the <laughs> first and you get your full month.
0: There you go. PKN 380.